Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. We have a very special guest today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. We like to welcome our great friend, Rashad Christian. What's up, Rashad? Hello, my friends. How are y'all doing today? Hey, we're doing we're doing better now that you're here. Yes, sir. I'm glad I can I can bring some some light in this dark time. <laughs> so so Rashad, tell us about yourself. Um, okay, so I'm a senior. Uh, I've been following and playing basketball since I was seven when I started playing AAU. Um, basketball's been my life. And uh, I kind of transitioned to the other side of the desk, started talking about it more, and uh, here I am on a podcast about basketball. Ryan, can I give a quick little plug to my guy, Rashad, real quick? I have to give him dap that he doesn't even know I, that I had sitting on the on the fence. So, Rashad, we were in um, one of the early mass communication intro, introduction classes of my sophomore year, and you guys were the ones who did the ESPN segment for our final project. And after I saw you guys do that assignment, that's what had me switch over to making mass communications my minor before I started taking that stuff like crazy serious. So Rashad on the low key, after I saw that segment, I was like, I got to get into this. Hold on. Ever since that, I've been trucking. I remember that too. That was what, MassCom 101? Yep. Yeah, we made the the fake ESPN radio (laughs) show, which wasn't the greatest, but it was (laughs) was kind of fun to to make. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Well, I'm glad it could be a source of motivation for you I'm like i said bro letting people figure out their actual aspirations and stuff serious tbt moment on the podcast ryan i had to just yeah, put that no out kidding. in the world i had to put that hey, out that's, in that's all good <laughs> I mean, rashad kind of helped me with joining tsn too because tsn that was that was kind of cool that's yep that's me <laughs> trying to help as many people rashad, as rashad out rashad out here being a helping hand i love it <laughs> um, I always want to see people succeed, right? Yes, sir. Exactly. So let's talk about one of your favorite teams real quick, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So it was a pretty good series for them against the Rockets in the first round. Nobody really expected them to make it into the playoffs as the fifth seed. So now that they have no Billy Donovan, Chris Paul possibly on the trading block, where do you see the Thunder going from here? So I think it starts with coaching, right? Obviously, we don't have a head coach right now. And, I mean, Billy Donovan, he did his thing. He led us to the playoffs for the last five years, and he had more than a positive record. But um, you got to, like, look at people like Nate McMillan who are on the on the coaching free agency and, and think about what style you want to bring because you have a lot of young players, too many draft picks for the next 10 years. Um and, you know, you kind of just have to – I think at this point you got to find a coach for the long haul, right? you got to find someone who's willing to work with young people and, and develop them. Nate McMillan's done a really good job, especially in, um, in Indiana and especially on the defensive side because a lot of our players, really good defensively, just can't shoot the ball at all. Like, literally the only shooter, I think, was Danilo Gallinari. And that kind of hurt, but – 
yeah, I think you just look at a coach like Nate McMillan who can bring in different attitude and hopefully help the upcoming years. Sorry, locked up by Akon just started playing on my phone. <laughs> okay. So I, I, that's actually like a good transition to Jalen because Jalen, you've praised Nate McMillan for years. Bro, really good coach. <laughs> so, so Rashad, look, look, look. This is this is where I stand on this. So I have a couple of different like angles to this. So, first of all, favorite team is the Bulls. So, ironically, you know, transition. We get your coach. I've been talking to yeah. Ryan about this over the past like twenty four hours. Basically, the thought process was, what what was the point of leaving a team with probably better young assets and more future assets than the Bulls? only to join the Bulls and do what? So I'm not really sure exactly what his motivation is for it. So I'm interested to see in his first like official press conference, what his like reasoning was when it comes to Nate McMillan. So there was, there was something put out in, in the ether that like, apparently he's going to take like a break from coaching for like a year. Um, I hope that's not where he actually leans. Cause the dude can coach. Yeah. I think probably all year I've been vying for him to be coach of the year and still felt like he got robbed, even though Nick nurse deserved it. I mean, this dude, Nate could have been up for coach of the year. What? Probably the last, I'll say bare minimum two max the last three, including this season. Yeah. So for him to just be somebody on the shelf is crazy to me. But if he is somebody that is stepping away, I think the next best person is Kenny Atkinson. I know that that's a little bit of a stretch in terms of the, like, okay, can he make them a playoff team? Like, he did it with Brooklyn, but, like, they had I, – I feel like they had guys who, like, we've already seen hit. We've seen Karras hit. We've seen D'Angelo Russell win in a system that's a little bit more predicated to him hit. We've seen them make the best out of a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. Really on this team – we saw what Lucas Dort go crazy for a playoff series. And we've already kind of known about Shea Gilgis Alexander outside of that. There's still some guys that need some development. And that makes me wonder, can Kenny Atkinson be the guy to help like usher that in? Like you said, they probably have way too many draft picks to know what to do with. They're like in Celtics mode. Hopefully they just don't hoard them as badly. Right. They're a team that kind of looks like they need their young guys to get some PT. They might – we're saying this for a second year, but, like, they might shop their their older guys. CP3, as Ryan said, already being on the books um, as somebody who could potentially get traded. I mean, where do you stand on Kenny Atkinson as a coach in general, let alone for the Thunder? So, I don't think he's the best fit for the Thunder. Um, I, I don't think it worked out in uh, Brooklyn – especially after KD and Kyrie got there, probably because they just weren't meshing like that. And obviously you get a superstar like Kevin Durant, you're going to want to take his input as to who's coaching him, kind of like LeBron's been doing for the past 15 years or so. Yeah. Um, But no, Kenny, like he's a good coach. He's a very decent coach. There are just way too many good options out there for the Thunder to settle on someone who can't mesh with, Kevin Durant, you know? And I agree. I I think that's interesting because, like, I haven't been the biggest fan of Nate McMillan just because of the fact that the past four years he hasn't been able to get out of the first round with the Pacers, even on, like – To be fair, neither has Billy Donovan. It's been the past five years with him, too, so – 
that's that's really like my biggest concern with like both hirings. Like if Nate McMillan goes to Oklahoma City, goes to Oklahoma City, are they going to make it out of the first round? And I mean, Billy Donovan still has some work to do in Chicago because like there's a lot of young talent there that still needs to be developed. Like Wendell Carter seems like a great star for that team, but I mean, what do you do with a guy like Laurie Markinen if you get like Obi Toppin in the draft? Right. I guess that's. That's just something we had to see, I guess, in a couple – in, like, about two months considering the draft just got pushed back to November, so. That's true. Yeah, I mean, Bulls just sad franchise right now, honestly. Uh, they, don't don't talk to me about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, man. You, but you have a seven-foot sniper in Laurie Markkinen, and you want to place him underneath the hoop? <laughs> like, really, what do, you, what do you want to do? That man can shine – in any other system, and yet the Bulls chose to use him as a traditional big man. Well, I compared I compared this time in Bulls history to the years between Michael Jordan leaving in 1998 to Derrick Rose arriving. That ten year gap, that weird like ten year gap where like they had some really bad Bulls teams, and then some teams that snuck into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This this is a weird weird era in Chicago basketball right now. But Who are you telling? it's it's very <laughs> it's very interesting that I say weird because transitioning to the Clippers and what went down with Paul George. Oof. So apparently after game seven, he gave a speech that left teammates bewildered. So as a Clippers fan, Rashad, I need to get your take. What what's going on with Paul George and, and should he be shipped out of LA? I wish I could tell you what's going on with that man. He's he's confusing. He's confusing a lot of people right now. And obviously, we don't know what was actually said. But the fact that sources are saying that the entire locker room was just confused as to what he was talking about, saying like we can come back next year and you know have another championship run, almost like they already know he's not going to be there next year. Which would be like hilarious because I was one of those people that's been sticking up for Paul George for the better part of the last year, really hoping that he actually turns out to be like what he was in Indiana. You know, star player, the only option, the number one option in in the MVP race. But here he is playing second fiddle to Kawhi Leonard and not even being the second best player on the floor. And now he's in the locker room trying to hype people up. And everyone's looking at him like, dude, you didn't even, you don't deserve to talk to us like this. Like, go sit down at your locker and let, like, Cat Bev or someone talk to us and, and get us riled up. Like, I don't know, it's confusing, man. Paul George is, he's a character. And then the whole thing with Dame and, nah, he's, he's messing up himself. I mean, if you want any more evidence, just look at game seven against Denver. Ten points on four of 16 shooting. It's not even the first time in this series, in that series that he put up ten points. He put up ten points in game four and on four of ten shooting. So, I – Rashad, okay. do you have any answers for that? <laughs> I don't want to jump the gun and say he sucks. Right, because obviously, he did. like Paul George doesn't suck at basketball, right? But <laughs> the guy can't play in the playoffs. So, like, what is what is what do you do with a player who can 
produce in the regular season, but then shrink in the playoffs. You know, do you do you trade him for an asset for teams that know what he can and can't do when it uh, comes time for the big time, or do you just hope to God that he gets better next year <laughs> and, and wish that he actually does something on the floor? Like um, the Clippers, I think are in a pretty interesting spot. They have actually. No, they are in an interesting spot. They're losing Montrez and I believe my, uh, Lou Williams and Pat Bev, I want to say. There's, there are a couple of players that are free agents, unrestricted too. So they could lose a big chunk of what made them the third seed. And honestly, how they play around, that's going to be pretty huge for next year, obviously. And then what they decide to do with Paul George. I vote trade him. Ooh. I, I say trade him now. Just you've got Kawhi Leonard. He, you know what he can do when he doesn't have a second superstar with him. He did it with Pascal last year, who was still developing, led them to the title. He really doesn't need Paul George. That's the thing. He wanted him. He now knows what Paul George can do, can do with him. It might be time for him to just go. A nice little one and done season with the Clippers. My other thing is, though, like, real quick, bro, like, when I first heard the news about, like, the, the Paul George speech, is did anybody else get that weird image of, like, Jameis Winston uh, uh, trying to do the eat the W thing? Like, that's the first thing that came to my mind. It's horrible. I, I know, because, like, just that, that video clip will forever be, like, memed forever. And we would hope that Paul George doesn't end up in that position. It's bad enough – Dame and CJ are like destroying him on Twitter at this point, packing his bags the same way they tried to pack the Portland Trailblazers. So it's 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 a rough position. It's funny that you're already on the trade Paul George bandwagon because of the fact that, like you said beforehand, I'm similar to you that I was on the when he comes back, he's gonna be a problem. We've already seen him be top three in the MVP votes. Oh, that was with Russ. Yeah. Um, beforehand, and that's a rough thing to do. That's that, that I feel like that's an extremely difficult thing to do when you have a guy on your team who also just showed us that he's capable of averaging a triple double, triple double, what three years in a row it was. So, to be able to be a MVP candidate with a, I guess, running mate, I guess I, I would call him the lead, but like with a running mate in Russell Westbrook is already difficult. Transition to Kawhi Leonard, who does not need the ball nearly as much. And then have a team where you're what your second best player, if it's not Paul George, is someone who comes off the bench primarily. Yeah. yeah, to already be looking at him and saying that he needs to get the boot, I feel like, dang, I can't even disagree all the way because they also don't have any trade assets until like what 2026. They don't. Like, they are like, stuck. They they went all as all in as a team could go. That's what they did with Paul George, and it turns out that it didn't work so here they are <laughs> no 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 draft picks for the next eight years like i don't know man so i kind of i kind of agree with both of you guys because i do believe paul george is on the trade block but i also have to turn to doc rivers in this situation because he's been there for 10 years and hasn't taken them out of the second round of the playoffs it's also not even like his first career 3-1 blown lead. If you remember in 2003 when he was coaching Orlando and Orlando snuck into the playoffs as an eight seed, they had the first seeded Detroit Pistons on their heels and they let them come back. So I got to ask you, Rashad, how much 
of this goes on Doc Rivers. It's all I. I'm one of those people that's like, at some point, a three-one lead becomes less the coach's issue than it does the players. Um. But yeah, Doc Rivers' track record does not help him in this situation at all. Like the dude is, like you said, like he's been with the Clippers for uh, quite a few years now, and different rosters and plenty of superstars to go around and he still can't get to the conference finals. Like, I think in this situation, you put, I'd say about half blame on doc and then half on the player that scored 10 points when he averaged 28 last year and was top three in MVP voting. But yeah, that's, uh, that's, like I said, man, the Clippers are an interesting team. They're an interesting franchise. They can do a lot, but my God, they just don't do it at all, no matter what. Well, I got to flip to the L.A. Lakers, who last night lost game three. And I, I, have, to, I, have, to, <laughs> I have to give myself a pat on the back because I told Jalen last night, the Clippers – sorry, not the Clippers. The Nuggets are starting their comeback because I believe that they're going to come down – 3-1, the Lakers are going to win game four, and then the Nuggets are going to win the next three to, com- to complete that 3-1 the comeback. Going to continue. <laughs> it's a cycle. Um, so I have to ask you, Rashad, what does this do for LeBron's legacy if he doesn't capture his fourth ring this year? It's a loaded question. Um, people have started talking about AD being the best teammate he's ever had. I'm still on the fence about that. I, I like D Wade as a teammate more than AD at this moment, but I mean, dude, you've got best power forward in the league on your team. You know, you, you're going up against a Nuggets team who shouldn't, who shouldn't really be there and skill wise doesn't really match up to what you can do. And if you end up letting them come back on you after you win the first two, then I think that, it just adds more fuel for people that are already looking for an excuse to hate LeBron, right? Like I'm, I think LeBron's the greatest player of all time. That's a different, that's a different discussion. I don't think we can do that today. We got to bring him back. We got to bring him back. Yeah, we're, 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 <laughs> we'll, we're bringing we'll you back about for this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would it'd just be fuel for people that are just like, oh, you see, this guy can't win without extensive help. Or even if he has help, he can't win something like that, you know? Legacy-wise, if he loses, if he doesn't get a chip this year, and it's because he had a lead and couldn't hold on to it, then I think that's that's the negative impact that people are going to look for. I think that'll be the last straw for people in determining whether or not he's actually worthy of being the GOAT. Well, I find it interesting because you think LeBron's the greatest of all time. I think Kobe's the greatest of all time. Jalen thinks Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. This is a this is a very interesting uh, greatest of all time discussion that we'll have in the near future. But Jalen, I want to get your thoughts as well. What do you think this does to LeBron's legacy if if the Lakers are somehow down three one and they can't come back, or up three one they can't come back? Um, I mean, you know, first of all, it's gonna be very awkward because LeBron James will be on the back end of what was supposed to be his most historical moment. Obviously he handed the three, one lead L to golden state. And that's pretty much what he, he said, not me. He said was what made him the greatest of all time. That's what he said was coming back, making that 
uh, that run, getting the championship for Cleveland, that's what solidified what he believes to make him the GOAT. Um, so to give that up is rough. To a Nuggets team that I feel like deserves it but does not have the positional fortitude, I would say, to actually, like, do it. Like, look, look, look. Ryan, I've already said this beforehand on the podcast. Like, Rashad, I, I don't know if you're going to, like, disagree with me on this or not, but, like, just I know we saw it twice, and that's what makes things dangerous because the, the phrase is always lightning doesn't strike twice, and then, like, the Nuggets do the 3-1 lead thing to two teams. And Utah was already rough because our thought process was it's just Donovan. So at the end of the day, Rudy Gobert's not giving them a ton offensively. He kind of came on strong later on in that series, but it's still really just Donovan and Jamal going at it. So as long as Jokic dominates his matchup, they can do the dang thing. The right. Clippers, that was a little different. That caught everybody by, by storm. I know it caught me off guard for sure because my biggest thing was the leads that were blown in five and six and seven in terms of like not only not sealing the deal, but like the way it happened. For the Lakers, here's the one chink in the armor that concerns me a lot. So in game three, Ryan, you brought up the, the, the loss by the Lakers. The biggest stat that, came, that like stood out to me was A.D., Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee combined for four rebounds on the night. Four. Yeah. A.D. had two of them, but he played for what? I think it was 43 to 46 minutes in the game, and you had two rebounds. That's not going to get it done, and we know that Jokic is better than JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, not debatable. Yeah. The matchup between A.D. and Jokic has been <clears> – <throat> Great to watch, but if Jokic plays even and Murray does well, and then you have a situation like how Grant goes off, the Nuggets can hang with anybody. Now, the other thing besides the rebounding that stands out that makes me fear that the Lakers could let this whole thing go is six threes made on the night off of like, like what, 24 attempts or something like that. That's a night that unfortunately for the Lakers <laughs> – is actually more towards the field. That is something that you actually can expect more from them than the 12 of 20 nights from three. You can expect only six threes from them way more than you can expect the double digits. And against the Nuggets, we've seen that also hurts them as well because the Nuggets shoot crazy lights out in the fourth quarter, specifically from three, um, mainly in the Clippers series, but they've shown that a little bit in this series as well. So my thing is how he loses is what's going to put the dent in the legacy, so to speak. If it's the 3-1 situation, then I, then I, I think that's going to be rough. If it's 2-2 after game four, then it's nip and tuck going to game seven, and it's just the Nuggets outplay them or the Nuggets get a play that you just cannot expect. Say, for example, the way Mike Conley missed the three in game seven to seal the series, instead of the Nuggets moving forward, it would have been Utah. If that kind of play takes place in game seven and they lose, I can't shoot LeBron James in the foot for that. I can't do anything to that man for that. I know there'll be people who will, but me personally, I can't. I can't. So I think he's in, I think he's in good hands regardless um, because I feel like to a certain extent his legacy is cemented in a way. But I but I don't I yeah, I just don't know if this series does it unless it's like something dramatic that happens to put them out of the playoffs. I mean, 
Yeah, everything you said, I completely agree with. The man had a 30-point triple-double last night, and they lost the game. Like, if people find a way to pin that on him while he shot 14 of 23 from the field, what, I mean, at, there is no save. That's the thing about LeBron is that there's kind of no saving any bad thing that he does or any, like, winnable situation that he loses, right? Because the, the, he just has this history of being the chosen one and, like, he is the second coming of Jordan, blah, blah, blah. He's coming for the title. He's chasing the ghost like he said himself. So people are just like, all right, bet. Win everything. Don't lose you must, for the rest of your career, you have to either go to the finals or win the finals. So I think anything short of that, especially like if he doesn't make it out of this series, that's going to be huge. And I think I'll kind of, I'll even step back and look at it that way. It won't matter too much, obviously, but like you said, his legacy cemented. Like, dudes, whatever stat you can throw out there, he's top 20. Right. I mean, minimum. <laughs> minimum. Minimum. He does everything on the floor and he's 36 years old. So uh, it's, it's going to be rough. I think the Nuggets can honestly do it outside of them already having done it twice in a row now. I think they have, they have the sort of players that already see themselves as underdogs and can play to that mentality and it fuels them even more. I, I just, I read on Twitter that um, Paul Millsap, when he was guarding AD, AD only shot two of seven, I want to say. Yeah, Paul Millsap locking up AD. And then on everyone else, AD shot damn near perfect. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> that's not going to be able to work down the stretch, bro. Not at all. It's not. It's not. And that's why the Nuggets, that's why the Nuggets are here, because they have a roster top to bottom that can just get things done that they need to. Here's the thing. I feel like the most 2020 thing would be if the Nuggets come back down 3-1 three times. That would be the most 2020 thing I've ever seen. But I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think the Lakers are pretty much LeBron and Anthony Davis. Their entire team, as proven by game three last night, is in shambles. Um, you can't expect a good night from, from any of their third options. You can't really expect a good night from anyone out of their bench. And I think Avery Bradley, who was their viable third option with him not being here, it's really affecting the chemistry of this team because normally if LeBron can't get going and Anthony Davis can't get going, you can always rely on a guy like Avery Bradley to pick up some of the slack. And I'm looking at this Lakers team, like who's their third option? Cause I don't think it's Danny green. I don't think it's KCP. I certainly don't think it's Dwight Howard. And I certainly don't think it's Alex Caruso. So I I think that's the thing, though. This team was constructed with the idea that there didn't need to be a third option, right? You have LeBron James and Anthony Davis playing the three and four together on the floor at the same time for a majority of the game. What more do you really need? Not to mention the fact that they couldn't even get anything more because they had to pay so much money and just have so much money locked up. But they got the role players that they thought would be able to come in and fill some sort of void that was left when the starters got off the floor. The team's not deep. 
honestly, if you look at the team, they're not deep at all. Like, you look at a team like the Clippers, they have spots filled up all the way down to number 15. They can bring in a bench. That's why they were – I can't remember if they were the best scoring bench or the best performing bench or whatever in the league. That's why their bench is so good. The Lakers don't have that. So you kind of – you're riding the coattails of your two superstars and you, you got players like an old Rajon Rondo who can perform at times, but he's not reliable anymore. You have a Dwight Howard who comes in and gives you six and seven every night, Right. That's not going to cut it. And you have JaVale McGee. Who, I mean, you went out and you got JaVale. What is he giving you? Five and four. That's exactly – that's all they did. <laughs> they that's, got that's, him. That was it. I don't know. They just went out and got all these, these players who didn't necessarily fulfill a role. They were just filling out their roster. It's just weird considering that, like, you traded away Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and – um Josh Hart to the New Orleans Pelicans to get Anthony Davis. And now Anthony Davis is going to be a free agent. So I'm worried that there's a chance that somebody is going to possibly steal him away from the Los Angeles Lakers. So I think this year is do or die for the Los Angeles Lakers. But flipping to the other side, the other conference uh, with the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, a similar situation for Miami where not a lot of people expected them to make the playoffs. And now they're in the Eastern conference finals for the first time since ironically LeBron was there. Um, this seems like a flashback to 2010 in uh, in all honesty. Um, Rashad, I got to ask you, what are your keys to victory tonight for the Miami heat and the Boston Celtics? Miami is a very grit and grind team. They're not going to, score 120 points every night and they're not going to just put buckets on you um, every, every single possession, but they play defense. They, they play a lot of defense. (laughs) And the, I think the best thing about that is that they've gotten the young players into that defensive mindset as well. So you have your Tyler heroes and your Duncan Robinson's coming in playing both sides of the ball. They're knockdown shooters, but they can also pick up some slack on defense. You have, a solid point, a really, really solid point guard in Goran Dragic. And I have been on this man's hype train since 2012. He is such, he is such a good point guard in the sense that he, he will put the ball in the bucket. He's 34 years old, averaging 17 points a game. The dude, he's a bucket getter. He knows how to run an offense. He comes from overseas. So there's a lot more fundamentals from when he came into the league and he's kind of been building up upon that. Um, the, the Heat just have, I think you look at the Heat and you see a team that has literally everything, right? The team, the things that you want in a, in a basketball team, you want someone to run the floor, you want good solid team defense and you want a star. They have all that. They got the Jimmy Butler, they got the Bam Adebayo securing everything in the middle and you got several players who can hold the ball and run an offense. So heat, I mean, I wasn't big on the heat coming in. I honestly thought it would be the Bucks, obviously, right? But the heater, the heater actually making an argument for whoever they face. Cause I I wholeheartedly believe they're gonna get to the finals, like without a question. Um, I think they beat whoever they face now. And I think 
the Heat have like a really real shot at taking home a chip this year. Hey, you're with Ryan on that one. I think keys to victory, just to make it like real simple, Rashad, like I'm going to lean off of everything you said and just say this. They have to stay true to themselves. When they start hot dogging like they did in game four and game five against Milwaukee, they gave up game four because Chris Middleton lost his mind. And in game five, if he had done the same thing, they possibly could have given the game away again. Thankfully, Chris Middleton obviously cooled off. We've seen throughout these playoffs and really throughout the entire year, pre and post COVID postponing when Miami plays up to the identity that they've already established, they're dangerous against any team. So I really just think that as long as they stick to themselves and stick, stay away from the hot dogging, that's when they, that's when they're good. And I mean, obviously, Hey man, I, I'm not even going to hop on it any further because you've already handled all your business on it. But Goran Dragic, when that man scores 20 points or more, they're probably winning the game, dude. The other night they only, he only scored 11 and what happened? So Shoot. Who knows, man? Right? Well, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. And Rashad, I'm I'm so glad that you agree with me because Miami is a dangerous team in the playoffs. And Jimmy Butler is not playing around this year. And I I think he makes teams better. He made Philly a better team. He made Minnesota a better team. Minnesota hasn't made the playoffs since he's been there. And it's only been two years. And before that, they didn't make the playoffs when Kevin Garnett wasn't there or was there. So, um, I just think it's going to be interesting to see if Miami can really can really be a dangerous team going forward. I think they've, they've got all the assets to do so, and I see them going to the finals. Last question, though, for Rashad. We did a Jersey Wishlist episode not too long ago, and I was about to ask you this last night, but I figured let's just save it for today. Um, what is one NBA jersey you want but you don't have that you wish you had? Van, any Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. I love yes. the color scheme is so beautiful, man. Like that 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 teal, the very light teal blue. Mm. Right, bro. I, I'm gonna have to send you pictures later, bro. I got like two of them. Oh, oh please, please show me. I will send them to you. I will send you the link I got them for them. I will put it in the link in the description as well for anybody else who wants to check, dude. <sighs> Those excellent, excellent choice. Excellent choice. Man. I don't even know if I have a second pick, honestly. Like the, the Grizzlies jersey just kind of just blow everything else out of the water. That's it. That's, That's it, it right there. Shoot. I'm so glad the Vancouver Grizzlies were a franchise. <laughs> <laughs> so glad. Um, Rashad, do you want to shout out any places that you work? Things that I do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Freelance uh, videography and photography. I have an Instagram page. It is Piper Productions underscore on me at Piper Productions. Check out my work. If you're in the Maryland area and you need an event covered or filmed or photographed, I'm your guy. I also edit all my stuff too. So if you have a YouTube channel, because I don't take care of mine, obviously, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to upload videos. You need an editor's help. I'm here. Um, pretty much just kind of a, a digital media Swiss Army knife. So yes, hit up those pages, let me know, and uh, we can do some business together. Awesome. Uh, I know you mentioned you have a YouTube channel. You want to you wanna shout that out real quick? Yeah, it's Shad Piper, but like 
don't go to the channel. Like, I'm, not, I'm not gonna upload for a long time. So you just be disappointed. Obviously, subscribe, please. Watch the videos. I get monetized, so just just go through the playlist. But still, like, don't expect any new videos for a long time. Actually, because I mean, I have a few in mind, but it's gonna be a while before they get done. So. Yeah, I've seen a couple of your videos. They're really cool. I like the one about Towson University, the uh, five things I wish I knew before I came to Towson. Man. That one's actually taken off right now. It's had a thousand views now. I haven't even touched it in two months. So <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely put that in the description below. Um, our question of the day for our fans, what do you see the Clippers doing with Paul George? Do you see them trading him? Do you see them keeping them or even blowing up the team? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with the LA Clippers? But this has been a great episode today on Hoop Talk Podcast. We want to thank our guest, Rashad Christian, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. We are absolutely having you back for this greatest of all time discussion. Absolutely. I, I expect the, the Zoom link pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. So, of course, every time you subscribe to us on Apple, make sure you give us five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. And we'll see you guys next episode. Peace.